September 1st, 1989. Dear Diary. Have we started? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. Just waiting for you, mate. Yeah, mate. Right. Yeah, mate. <laughs> mate. Whenever you're ready, mate. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Come on, give me something more than that. That was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you were like... <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. everybody. Oh, hi. Hi, um, go away. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep all this in. This is all hello. hello, everybody. My name's Jordan. My name is Abby. And my name's Chesney. And welcome to... Tide Lads. Our first instalment of Breaking Down the Musical. Breaking Down the Musicals! And we are starting with... Today we are breaking down Heather's the musical. So let's break it down for you. Chesney, <laughs> do you want to start breaking that bitch down? Yeah, so okay. in case in case you don't know, I suppose we'll we'll have a quick synopsis of what Heather's is. Originally it was um a nineteen eighty-eight movie. Uh basically set in a high school in Ohio called Westerberg High School. And the school is ruled by three people. All called Heathers. So, Heathers uh, as a musical actually began in 2009. So, it began in uh, Los Angeles in 2009 with uh, Andy Cohen and J. Todd Harris securing the rights from the screenwriter of the film and instantly thought, we're bringing in Andy Thickman to direct. It began in Los Angeles in 2009 with Andy Cohen and J. Todd Harris securing the rights for the film from the screenwriter. Now, uh, three private readings of the original version of Heathers took place in Los Angeles in 2009, each starring Kristen Bell as Veronica. Uh, You'll know Kristen Bell. uh, A lot of people will know her from either The Good Place or as the voice of Anna from Frozen. Then in 2010, it moved, uh, had a little concert performance at Joe's Pub, which is quite a little famous sort of uh, musical theatre breeding ground venue. Uh, Once again, directed by Andy Fickman and starred Anna Lee Ashford. And then this is where you get the big name. JD was played by Jeremy Jordan. I wonder was that, what year was that? That was 2010. I do think that was post Newsies then, I think. Are you sure? I think 2000, I think that's before, I think that's pre Newsies. I'm going to check. Oh, I'm wrong. So this was pre Newsies. Yeah, what year was Newsies? About 2012? Um, Opened in 2012. Yeah, Yeah. on Broadway. And then we sort of get to what Heather's, sort of a Heather's that looks a bit more familiar, which is it lies dormant for a couple of years. And then it re-emerges, re-emerges in 2013, uh, September of 2013, playing at the Hudson Backstage Theatre in LA, just on the weekends. And this is where you see Barrett Wilbert Weed 
playing Veronica for the first time, which is the what many people uh, before it came to London. That's who people think of as Veronica. Icon, legend, star. <laughs> Barrett Wilbur Weed. And then she stays with the cast as it moves to off-Broadway. So it goes to the New World stages. Uh, and then, yes, it played its final performance in August 2014. During that time, they recorded the cast recording, which was the sort of only real chance people could actually listen to it for quite a while. And then it moves to the UK. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, so a workshop of the musical opened at the other palace in London, which held five presentations in the studio from May to June of 2017. That workshop featured Charlotte Wakefield as Veronica. Following that workshop, the musical had its official London premiere in the other palace from June to August 2018, starring Carrie Hope Fletcher as Veronica and Jamie Moscato as JD. Now, towards the end of that run at the other palace, which I was lucky enough to see in previews, I believe, Towards the end of that run, they announced that they would be doing a West End transfer um, and a transfer to the West End running from September 2018 to November 2018. Yeah, so there were notable changes between the American production and the British production. They replaced the song Blue from the American production with a song called You're Welcome in the UK production. They gave Heather Duke a song called Never Shut Up Again. And then most notably, they added a big act two number for Veronica called I Say No. Then a West End cast recording was released on Ghostlight Records on March 1st. And the album premiered at number one on the iTunes UK soundtracks. So on October 3rd, 2019, it was announced that Heathers would be embarking on a UK tour in 2020. I think this had already been postponed um, because of the pandemic. Um, and then it was also announced in April of 2021 that Heathers would return to the West End um, and run at the Haymarket. And the UK tour was then due to start on July 28th. And the same day that the UK tour cast was announced, the original London ensemble cast member, Meryl Anser, was announced to be playing Heather Duke for the tour. The West End revival cast was announced with Jodie Steele reprising her role as Heather Chandler. As well as this, Heathers has also had other notable productions, not just in the US and the UK. In 2016, um, the White Plains Performing Arts Centre presented the New York regional premiere of the production to sold-out audiences. And also, Stanford University's Theatrical Society debuted the first-ever gender-bent production of Heathers, uh, featuring, uh, featuring an actress called Emily Selton as Janie Dean, JD. Also, there have been productions in Australia, playing in 2015, and also in Brazil in 2019. Fab! That was a lot. That was a lot. So that was kind of a wrap-up of the life of the show up until this present day. And it's kind of been, that's the journey. That's the journey of the show up until now. But I kind of want to know about your journey with Heather's Abby and Chesney. Mm -hmm. And kind of when the musical popped up on your radar. Uh, I remember, actually, the hype around it at the other palace. Um, 
it was one of those things when you'd be in you'd be at drama school uh, and you'd hear being like, oh, I'm going to go see Heather's tonight. And everyone sort of had this like buzz around it. But I, I didn't really know what it was. I hadn't mm. heard of it. I hadn't seen the film. I hadn't listened to the soundtrack. And then I think I, yes, I saw it in the original run at the Haymarket with Carrie and Jamie. And to be fair, the first performance I saw of it, I wasn't thrilled. Um, I thought musically it was really well done. I thought the show itself was very good. Um, there was just something, I, I still don't know to this day what it was, that didn't quite click. But now I've had some distance from seeing it for the first time, and I've actually seen it again with a different cast, and I've, and I've you know, grown more appreciation for it. Mm. I think I, I, I looked at it the first time from a very close-minded perspective, and looking at it now, I genuinely see that it's an artistically very good show. Mm. And I have a lot more respect and genuinely a lot more appreciation for the show than I did originally. Mm. I think the first sort of connection I had with Heather's was the off-Broadway recordings um, because I specifically remember listening to all any recordings I could find of Barrett Wilbert Weed singing any of the songs. And yeah, that was kind of my first experience with the show. And then my first time actually seeing it um, because at that point I didn't know the story at all. And even, yeah, up until I saw it for the first time on the West End um, and I saw Carrie Hope Fletcher's cast um, and I thought it was great. And to actually see the story and how it all unfolds and how the music fits into it as well. Um, and then I was lucky enough to see it again on the West End with the most recent cast and then also the tour cast as well. Um, and every production has been really different Um in terms of like the actor's interpretation, which is what I love about it. Um, and being able to see people's interpretation of Veronica and JD and the Heathers um, has, is really interesting. Um, and that's what I love about Heathers is that from my perspective of seeing the show, it's not one of those shows where people are, uh, where actors are slot, slot into the role. They get their, their own interpretation of the character and to, and to play around with that. My journey with it is kind of similar to yours. I came across Heathers when I was around 16, which is, I think, kind of like the best age to come across a show like Heathers because it is kind of very, you know, teenage, angsty, whatever. But I remember specifically for the first time scrolling through YouTube again, being, you know, a really, really intense theatre kid. And the first song I ever heard from Heathers was Dead Girl Walking. I listened to Dead Girl Walking and went, what is this show? Mm. I was like, what is this? This sounds right up my street. Very quickly became obsessed with the cast album, with the off-Broadway cast album. Then around, I'm going to say, nine months later, I think, the off-Broadway bootleg was born. And that's when I think the first kind of hype started around the show because a lot of friends that I had that were also kind of intense theatre kids, that's how they seemed to stumble across Heathers. Mm. A lot of people had watched that Barrett Wilbert Reed bootleg. I managed to get tickets for the initial run at the other palace. I saw it while it was still in previews. So I got to see it pre the edition of I Say No. Um, and then I got to see it, I think, twice when it went to the Haymarket. And then I saw the West End Revival again at the Haymarket. 
Then I got to see the UK tour six weeks ago. And then I also got to see the UK tour last so night. you've seen this show five times? Six times, I think. This must be the show you've seen more than any other show. I've seen Dream Girls eight times. Yeah. Oh yes, you have. <laughs> yes, so I've seen I've seen Heather six. I've seen it three times with Carrie Hope Fletcher. I've seen it once with Christina Bennington. I've seen it once with Rebecca Wicks, and I've seen it once with May Tether playing Veronica. Speaking of the off Broadway production of Heather's, there was one very very important audience member that is pretty much, I think, solely responsible for bringing that show across the pond to the UK. And that man was Paul Taylor Mills. My journey with Heathers began when I saw uh, the off-Broadway production. What was really interesting is at the time, I also directed, I don't anymore, I leave that to the experts. Um, And my agent at the time said, there's a reading of the show for Heathers, you must, must go and have a watch of it, it sounds very you. And I didn't, having kind of Googled the show, I didn't really know why it sounded very me. Perhaps it was because it's set in a high school, they kill each other. Uh, and you know, I'd previously done things like Carrie and shows that followed a similar format. Um, so after being deeply offended, I went to see it at New World Stages and just fell in love with this show. Um, but couldn't really, other than, you know, like the banging tunes and the fact that it was colourful, these characters were interesting and complex. And I did something that I've never done, which is to go and see the same show in the same week, just to kind of um, go back and work, try and work out what it was that I loved so much. Uh, And then started the process of trying to get the rights for it here in the UK. While we're at it, we are also quite lucky to have two friends in the current UK tour production of Heathers. The wonderful Rebecca Wicks, who is currently playing Veronica Sawyer, and our dear friend May Tether, who is the drama queen ensemble track, but is also the understudy for Veronica. So we wanted to ask the girls, along with Paul, where their journey with Heathers began. So my journey with Heathers began when I posted a video singing Dead Girl Walking on Instagram. Um, As you do, I thought nothing of it. I just thought I'd post it just because why not? And then the next thing I know, my friend Chris Parkinson tagged Paul Mills in my video. And then Paul then tagged Andy. And then Andy messaged me and it kind of all went from there. When did my journey with Heathers begin? I, you know what, I'd never seen the film properly. My journey with Heathers began when we were at university together, we were at drama school, and Danielle had won tickets, um, you know, the 20 quid lottery. And I was with her in jazz and she was like, do you want to come see Heathers? I thought, oh, go on, but it's quite good. Um, and then we got there. I absolutely thought, what the heck is going on? It was incredible. It's a show been in now, but even watching, because I went back a few times, you never get bored of. And then I got an audition through. Um, I did a self-tape and got it through that I got the job. Abby, did you think Heathers would work for a UK audience? Well, it's interesting because before I saw it in the UK, I 
wasn't really because I'd never seen the film I didn't really know the story I just knew the music I just thought it would be great for modern teenage audiences in the UK which I think it is yeah um but yeah not knowing the story then seeing it it's very it is very American it's American high school but Mm. so is everything else that teenagers watching now it's not yeah there are still obviously uk shows like waterloo road and things like that and but most of the things that people are watching on netflix and and shows americans yeah are american tv shows and american teenage dramas so that's kind of where the connections come from and Mm. i feel like those sorts of films are the basis of most uh teenage drama mean girls all of those sorts of films they're all heathers Clueless, yeah, 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 all sort of that, that era. If I'm honest, you never really do know that it's going to be perfect for a, a, a UK audience, and I have been right and wrong many times. So you just um, you have an instinct that um, it will move people in the same way that it moves you. Um, and as I said at the end, I just felt this very real, visceral feeling that I had to be the person to do it in the in the UK, but. At this point, I also knew, and I think the writers would agree with me, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. After its workshop in LA, it was fast-tracked to New York. Um, And I think Larry, Kevin and Andy would all agree that they would have probably appreciated the time to kind of work on it a little bit, to make it future-proof and and make it the Heathers that we now know. Um, But I think I just had this feeling that um, the audience that came to see things like In the Heights and Carrie and the work that I'd done previously would enjoy this. One person I think is really important to mention and Chesney did mention him earlier is Andy Fickman. Andy has been with the show from the start. He was very very kindly gifted the three of us tickets um, to the West End Revival not too long ago. Friend of the show. Friend of the show and they were wonderful seats middle of the stalls. Boom. Yeah, they were literally the perfect seat. We we, we nearly didn't get in, but... (laughs) Yeah, well, that's another story. But thank you very much, Andy. Um, But I feel like it's important to mention Andy because he has been there from the start. Literally day one. Like, when the guys got the rights for the show, they got him as a director before anything else. And I think it's amazing that he's been on the journey with the show everywhere from... Because I think it could be quite easy for someone of his stature to just say, right, I've directed the show, I'll send someone else out, mm. and you do it for me. But he's at the before, he, he's at every single cast. Yeah. I'd previously worked on Bat Boy, uh, which Larry wrote, and had a great relationship with Larry and spoke to him about my proposal to do it at the other palace. And uh, Larry said, yeah, um, I love the idea of you doing it. You must meet Andy Fickman the director that did it uh, in New York. And whenever I hear the words American creative, I get a shiver down my spine, not because they are not utterly brilliant, but you can safely add, you know, 10 zeros to the uh, end of the budget. And um, it gets more complicated and it makes everything more expensive and visas are complicated, et cetera, et cetera. And when you're working on a scale like the other palace, that just makes the whole thing more of a minefield. That said, spoke with him on the phone, met with him, 
and just absolutely fell head over heels for the man. Adore him, loved him, and knew that he was the only person in the world that could direct Heather's the musical, as far as I'm concerned. And um, we just got on like a house on fire straight away for anyone that's ever met Andy. He's this incredible human whose heart is just full to the brim of Heather's. The legacy, the history, the, the reason why it's become the, uh, the cult phenomena as it has is really that Andy has, in lots of ways, captained that ship. I would love to have been a fly on the wall when Becca and May got the phone call to say that they were going to be going on tour with the show. And that was such a long time ago now, wasn't it? That was a long time ago. I remember I was lucky enough to be at the receiving end of a phone call um, the day that May did get the job. Um, she was very, very excited, by the way. <laughs> um, but I just kind of wanted to know how they felt when they got the job. Initial thoughts when I first got cast, um, I thought someone was playing a joke on me. <laughs> Um, it was kind of one of those moments where everything just stopped around me and we was also in lockdown when I found out. So, you know, I was very much like, you know, when am I going to go back to performing? And then I was so lucky enough to get this job and it kind of got me through. Well, it, it got me through lockdown because I knew I was one of the, the lucky ones and had something to, to hold on to and to look forward to. And for that, I'll always be eternally grateful. And it was just such a surreal pinch me moment. And honestly, I will never forget that feeling. I could not believe my look. I was, I, I couldn't believe it because so many girls had sang, um, you know, Dead Girl Walking, I Say No in drama school for rep classes. Um, and I'd been like, oh, I like them songs, but I'd never sang it myself because I didn't, obviously, if someone sings it, you don't want to get up and sing it as well. Um, I'd never sang it, loved the songs. And then all of a sudden I was like, I get to sing them songs, you know, in rehearsals, on the odd occasion. You know, it's, it's really lovely. And then to witness Becca, obviously, being a friend of mine anyway, do that every night. I can't help but be proud, me, when, when she does beautiful, you know, she comes through them doors. I'm like, ooh, I get all emotional. Every night I get emotional at that point. It's interesting as well because, you know, but pre-Heathers, we all knew Becca, we all knew May, they knew each other. It was, you know, it was just really a lovely coincidence and surprise that both of the girls knew each other going into the project. Now, I'd never done a covering job before in my life. So I was a bit like, oh, I don't know what this really entails. Um, but covering for someone I know is amazing. It's brilliant because I'm proud of Becca. I watch her every night. I play it so differently. And that's brilliant because we can chat about it because we are, we're friends anyway. Um, so, yeah, covering for somebody that I know has been a blessing because every time I go, oh, what does she do on that bit? Becca always goes like, oh, we do this. And it's so nice because I think, oh, you don't have to do that. But it's just lovely to, to know you're so supported by the person who's playing the role, you know, in um, things like blocking and anything oh are you having a problem with your socks staying up today yes I am as well do you know what I mean it's, it's it's funny it's great we can chat about the most random stuff that involves Veronica it's it's great Veronica I think is one of those roles now that falls under a lot of vocal expectation I feel like there's a handful of female roles 
Alphaba. Um, Jenna and Waitress, I think, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Veronica and Heathers. And maybe sometimes for a slightly older crowd, like Aveda. I was about to say, Ava Perron. Ava like. Perron, <laughs> yeah. So they've kind of developed this YouTube culture. If you sing the score, you're singing it wrong. Yes. Um, and a lot of people have a lot of opinions about who's doing it higher, who sings it better. And it just kind of has a culture of just a lot of vocal expectation. And Veronica as a role, you know, I've seen the show six times. Every time I see it, I'm convinced that they've added more lines to Veronica. She never stops. <laughs> so I just wanted to speak to both the girls about how they felt at the thought of having to kind of take on such a base of a role. It was petrifying. The part is massive. It's, do- it's not off stage until Martha, Martha sings um, Kindergarten Boyfriend. And you're like, oh, my days, I'm going to be, you know, I, I don't know how my head's going to process that. Um, and watching it is, I think, almost more tormenting because you're going, oh, God, she's never off. She's never off. She doesn't stop talking. And you can't take your foot off the gas for a second. And that's what keeps the part so wonderful because you know you can't take your foot off that gas. You haven't got five minutes to think. I said to Becca when I came off from the first time because I was tired, I went, how do you do that every night? She's a trooper. But I tell you what, it, it's just that it's a godsend of a part. Brilliant. So Veronica is probably, if not, you know, up there with one of the most vocally demanding tracks for 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 anyone. Um, and we have a pretty hefty schedule on tour. So we do six shows in three days. And it's a lot. It is it is a lot. And for me, the biggest thing was learning how to pace myself from the Tuesday to the Saturday. Um, and not going full guns blazing on that Tuesday because you've still got the rest of the week ahead of you. Um, and it's something that I am, you know, I am still learning. And especially with having the amount of time that we have had off, coming back and doing eight shows in five days, six of them being in three, is really tough. It's really tough and it's it's tough on everyone. And, you know, it's not only tough on your voices, it's tough on your bodies. It's, you know, you just become more you know, you become more tired easily. Um, so for me, it's just, I just have to really be sensible and just put <laughs> my voice first. <laughs> you know, a lot of that comes from resting as much as you can, just always staying hydrated, steaming, not drinking alcohol, no loud talking, just getting as getting enough sleep is a big thing for me. Sleep is the game changer. If I don't have enough sleep, I will feel it the next day when I'm trying to sing. So, yeah, it's just all about being sensible, all about pacing yourself. And, yeah, as I said, I'm still very much learning about that as well. So, we'll have a little chat about our favourite moments in the show. Um, the bit that first actually springs out to me is it's a very small little moment, actually, is... um is the female teacher's big number where she always points out somebody. Oh, in you're the crowd, light. Yeah. And she has a little like interaction with one of the audience members. Mm. I really enjoy that. But also, but my favorite, um, my favorite part of the show is actually, uh, love my dead gay son. Oh yeah. I really like that part of the show. I just think it's very fun. I think it makes light of a situation that is nice to make light out of. 
Um, and I just love the little moment where they, they turn around and they flip their ties over and they've got mm. um, rainbow ties on. I just think it's a good bit of fun. Mm. I still can't think of what my favourite is. I've got nothing. <laughs> um, the score of Heathers generally I find very exciting. I, as I said, I've been listening to the album since I was 15, 16. Um, but still now listening to certain parts of it just I find really, really exciting. And I think probably if I had to choose Dead Girl Walking, mm-hmm. probably I feel like it's a very it's one of those moments in theatre that are that's usually just really like electric and exciting and vocally they're doing, you know, gymnastics anyway and it's a sex scene which always makes you go a bit uh, but yeah, I think Dead, Dead Girl Walking for me is always a highlight. Yeah, I think I have to agree with Dead Girl Walking just being iconic in the show. Like when you hear that first, the ding, 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 it's um, definitely like goosebumps before they even start singing. And you know what's coming, but still. Um, and then I think I Say No is probably my favourite song in the show, I would say. And also, I think it's for the fact that Veronica finally stands up to JD and was like, no, not doing this anymore. And I'm really glad that they added it to the UK production because I feel like it adds something extra, like an added layer for Veronica. I get asked this one quite a lot and it's really hard because I love the whole show for so many different reasons. But I think my favorite Veronica part is probably I Say No um, because it's kind of like that, that defining moment in the show where she's just like, literally just like no and she's finally you know she's finally doing it for her and she's finally doing the right thing and it's just such a powerful moment and i have so much fun singing the song it is so beautifully written and yeah it's just it's just a proper exciting moment on stage for me my favorite moment in the show um is without a doubt is meant to be yours because of how much goes on in it and and uh, Dead Girl Walking Reprise and Your Girl, that whole section. So Your Girl into Meant to Be Yours into Dead Girl Reprise is absolutely thrilling. Not, not for me particularly as a part, but for, for everybody, because everybody's involved in it. That music, you know, Veronica, Veronica, open the door. It's, that is really scary. <laughs> so, but as Veronica, most again a scary part but when i've done it the best feeling in the world i say no because it comes out of nowhere you don't think she's gonna do that you just think she's gonna be like oh martha was right about you that it feels incredible to sing you don't feel like you're singing it because you're just that angry as a character you're like let's go <laughs> so yeah that's my, my favorite part is veronica something that i haven't been absolutely loving over the last month or so on the kind of twitter sphere from the uk tour of heathers is that i have found that there have been two or three incidences of well homophobia blatant homophobia in particular venues i think there was an incident in manchester there was an incident in belfast there might have been an um an incident in liverpool maybe i could be getting that wrong um but may actually did put up a tweet about one of the incidences. So this is the tweet from May Tether's Twitter account. So one of the front of house staff last night asked a group of people to stop filming and they rudely called her a fat dyke. 
the joy I got knowing those horrid people had paid money to see a dyke play Veronica that night. Be kind, guys. You never know who's leading the show. So one of the front of house ladies, she, she was sat outside on the steps. We were waiting. We were waiting for a taxi to take us home. Me and Simon Gordon, who play, he plays JD. Um, and he was talking to her for a while. And I just thought, oh, he's just seen. And then he walked her away and took her to um, a taxi ramp, paid for her taxi because he wanted her to get home safe. He is an absolute godsend of a man, right? And he came back and he was like, I can't believe what I've just heard. I was like, what? And he said, they, they called her a fat dyke, among other things, but they, they, that's what they called her. And he obviously was telling me because I, my heart sank. I was like, oh, and the next day, I went into the theatre, Liam Doyle went into the theatre, various other members of the Heather's cast went and found this girl just to say, you know, we're really, really sorry that you had to experience that. But people filming, you know, and then not taking no for an answer, that's annoying. Um, I don't know what they were filming. I have no idea. I don't, I don't care to know as long as it was stopped. Um, but yeah, I went to go and find her and I just explained my story. I just said, you know, that's hilarious that they called you that. So because they had no idea that they were paying that money to see the show and a lesbian was leading it. And that to me is just the biggest justice ever. So, you know, she should absolutely just live in, you know, laugh at that because it, it's emotional to me that they had no idea and they were clapping for me at the end. And I think, wow, but you're all a front of house member. Like, absolutely not on my watch. So, um, yeah, that was very, very emotional. And I think that they got the, they must have seen the tweet, I'm, I'm going to guess. I just don't want people, Heather's is such a great community of like gay, straight, young, old people because, you know, the 80s and, and it, it links us all. It was such a big change and it was, it's such a wonderful show. That, that shit does not belong there. It, it just doesn't. Dead gay son, for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? Behave yourselves. Like, I just think it's not a place for homophobic people. <laughs> Don't come if you're homophobic because you never know who's on. You never know who's doing, doing what. Don't assume we're all straight. You know, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. So, yeah, that's what I think about the tweet. There are things about Heather's, I think, that make it as, oh, my God, have you had that program on you the whole time? Yeah, Abby I didn't just, even know. Abby just produced a Heather's program. <laughs> wow. What? I Where didn't did even you know that, that was in that. It was just in my Mac case. Right. It's from the Marlowe Theatre. I saw it on Friday the 1st of October, the Heather's UK tour. Oogie spooky. I know. Wow. Um. Anyway, uh, there's, there's a lot of things about Heather's that I think make it so successful the music i think you know speaks for itself but as well as that it's fun it's kind of has this rocky horror energy where you can dress up you know each of the heathers have a color and it's just i think the marketing around it and the the way they target young audiences and everything that comes with it i just think it is kind of it's a phenomenon now it's geniusly done i think yeah i think in terms of just like they figured out their audience and they have marketed every single little part of that show mm. to work specifically at one audience and it's paid off so well. 
I think it's one of those shows that's going to stick around for a long time. Even if it goes away for a little while, it'll always come back and it will still have that same energy behind it. I don't think it's ever going to die. Andy had warned, not warned, warned is the wrong word. Andy had um, suggested that it started to cultivate a similar kind of audience reaction in New York, but didn't run for long enough to really get into Rocky Horror territory which is where it is now. It's, it's, a, it's a thing in itself, um, which is beautiful. Um, and even on, I was a bit worried about whether that would translate on tour. And even on tour, it's exactly the same. And it's, it's amazing to have a show that moves people in that way. But really, it was as obvious, even early on in the workshop process, when we were just doing it for four performances, I say performances, sharings, downstairs in the studio at the other palace, uh, it sold out in an hour before we'd even announced who was in it. Um, so from that point, we knew that there was something about this piece that was going to affect people and move people and take them to another place. I did kind of want to ask the girls when they finished their tour in production of Heather's, what they are going to miss most about the show. What I'm going to miss most about Heather's, this is the easiest question, is the cast and the crew and this the entire company. Um, we genuinely have formed a family um, and we are just so lucky to be able to work with the people that we do. I love them all so much. Um, they are just absolute dreams to work with and they make every day at work exciting and fun and so supportive. You genuinely couldn't ask for a better cast or a better company. Um, yeah, very lucky. Oh. Straight away, my head just went to um, when I come on for the first scene. Um, we're all in the wings behind the doors, or Veronica's on the steps, but we're all in the wings behind the doors waiting to come on. And Andy Brady, who is Principal Gowan, is the announcements going on, you know, the morning announcements, that thing. Um, and you still get that little flutter before you go on, and you're like, and you know what you're doing. I've <laughs> been doing it for months, but you still go, oh my God. And I'm going to really miss that. I'm going to really miss that because that's the feeling of like, let's go do a good show. I'm going to really miss that about Heathers. We actually managed to find out that Heathers does have a future. But by the time this airs, Heathers will have a permanent home in the centre of London, which is really, really, really exciting. Um, it, it's the dream to have a show that just sits there and runs. Um, and it may be at a theatre that it had previously played in. Um, yeah, um, life is strange and life has a way of working itself out. Um, and I'm very excited for the future of Heathers. So Heathers is indeed coming back to the other palace next month. At this point in time, we don't actually know the cast no, for the show. No, we're waiting on the we cast are, announcements. We can't announce which three people are going <laughs> to play the, the Heathers. Heathers. <gasps> Can you imagine? <laughs> which three? Which of the three? I think you're... Um, Queen Heather, bitch? Yeah, yeah. I think you're the, the little quiet yellow one. Heather Mike. Yeah, I don't know the names. And you're I'm, the green I'm one. The other, I'm the green one. He's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the name. I've been, I've been outed. 
the green one. <laughs> There's a lot of shows um, that I grew up with that mean a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wet myself. Oh my God, look at Josie. I'm actually going to piss myself. Ooh. No, but there are. There no, are. Is, I was just, I was like being complete. I was just trying to not laugh. And then the minute I saw <laughs> Abby, I was just gone. No, but there are. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. There's shows that like changed me. There are. Like Spring Awakening. When I came across that show. Oh, and Rent. Rent. <laughs> oh my God. Listen. Uh, <laughs> no, I would agree. There, there, there are shows that yeah, change you. There are shows. There are shows I grew up with that when I discovered them, and they literally like changed my DNA. I was like, oh, "This is who I am." Now. I think that was when I first uh, saw a bootleg production of Book of Mormon. I was like, "I'm in the Book of Mormon now. That's me now. This is in my blood." Yeah, and we are kind of on the older side of the Heather's audience, so but old. for the people that are kind of slightly younger than us. For them, Heather's is very much that. Their life. It's their life. And it means a lot to a lot of people. What does Heather's mean to me? I, um, I think I've been very, very lucky in my producing career to produce a complete variety of shows from fluff to very serious to moving to lots of different shows. And all of them, in some respects, have done things for my career and taught me a huge amount. And I think the reason why Heather's um, has been so incredible to me is because I do feel in my old age uh, that I have a duty to try and cultivate and nurture the audiences of tomorrow. And I know that sounds incredibly profound, but I look around, you know, I live in the West End, I'm very lucky, and I get to see those people going to the theatre night after night. And I think to myself, oh my gosh, what happens when they go, you know? Um, and that we all, if you're in that position, a very, it's a very entitled position, but a position where we can do something to try and encourage those 16-year-olds to ensure they go back to the theatre again and again so that when we're 80, they still enjoy it as much. Um, and Heather's allows me to do that. It allows me to the opportunity to ensure I do my bit to try and nurture the theatre goes of tomorrow. And, you know, knowing that you are a part of something which moves people, whether that's to tears or whether that making them laugh or whether that's just giving them a community like a, a space online which i think is what heathers does then it's a great feeling it's such a precious thing and it it doesn't come without problems and complications because you know we're human um but i feel very very proud to be part of that show and to be a part of its legacy here heathers to me means the start of my musical theatre career now it doesn't mean that I've not done musical theatre before because I have but proper commercial musical theatre that I've seen and never thought I'd be in that's what it means to me the start of knowing that I can do it the start of getting a yes in a show the start of you know being inspired every day going to work and stuff I'm getting emotional oh my god <laughs> but yeah I I think it means just the start of my career. Um, Heather's genuinely means everything to me. Um, when I say that this job has changed my life, like, it, it really has in so many ways. Um, 
I've learned so much about my, you know, not only myself as a person, but as a performer. And I just feel so incredibly lucky to have been able to do this job because especially coming out the back end of last year when it was just horrendous and we had the worst year our industry and for me to come back and do a show like Heather's is just it's just so overwhelming and it's something I will just never forget and it really genuinely will stay with me forever this has been the job of a lifetime and yeah I just feel so incredibly incredibly lucky to be able to be on stage again and then on top of that i'm in heathers which is you know it's heathers it's 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 a phenomenon it's it's incredible and yeah i count my lucky stars every single day that i'm i'm in this job with these amazing people and guys there's time and ways this has all worked out really really well because last night i got to see may tether our dear friend played the role of Veronica and it was a very, it was just a very proud moment. It was a very, very proud mm. moment. I bet it felt special as well, like having graduated during a pandemic to see a friend and someone that trained with you. Doing yeah, so well. and it just, it felt amazing to see them both do it. I got, as I said, we both got to see Becca. I yeah. got to see Becca do it in Manchester. You saw Becca do it in Canterbury. Canterbury. And to see Becca do it, to see May do it, and such a big beast of a role. Yeah. They're both superhuman, mm. as far as I'm concerned. And then the fact that they're going to see us three do it at the other palace. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that we're doing it next month in the other palace, they're going to be proud of us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just very, very proud of both the girls. And we're very grateful that they were able to chat to us about yeah, it. I think that about brings us up to date. I think that is the end of Breaking Down Heather. Yeah, thank you for joining us for our first Breaking Down the Musicals episode. And listen up and watch out on our social media for more coming soon. Most importantly, we want to know what you want us to break down. So if you've got a particular musical that you would like to know the ins and outs of and to hear from some people involved in the show, do let us know through any of the following social media profiles, Abby. Um, you can contact me directly at abbyoneal17 on any social media platforms. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jordan E. e. Donnelly. And you can also find me on the Isle Tickety Talk at Jordan Donnelly 97. Are you sure? I had to think about it, but yeah. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at ForksFitness underscore. You can find my TikTok at Chesney on stage. My Twitter at Chesney FM. And you can find me on Box Office Radio on a Saturday morning. Well, wasn't this fun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what else is fun? Oh. The Tight Lad Instagram page. Oh, it's so fun. Which is, Jordan? A Tight Lads underscore podcast. Yeah. 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 yeah, boy. Right. We'll see you next week, I suppose. And in the meantime, stay, stay tight. tight. It's a beautiful